0: Welcome to the Creative Cantina Podcast, where we believe you can't grow a business you love around a lifestyle you hate. I'm your host and business coach, Cassie Schmidt. I spent years missing out on life in my pursuit of arbitrary definitions of success. After a massive wake-up call in 2015, my mission became clear. I'm here to help creative entrepreneurs refocus on what truly matters to them and find a way to achieve it sustainably. Running a business doesn't have to be synonymous with burnout and believe it or not, it is possible to grow your income and impact without giving up everything you love. So cheers to mixing up new ideas with a splash of strategic action and a little room for you to add your own creative twist. You know, someday, someday I'll have the perfect solution for how to start each podcast episode. but I still haven't found it yet. So bear with me, we're gonna like experiment with some things. Last episode, I sounded a little Dr. Susie today. I'm just being blunt. So we're just gonna see where life takes us. and that's that's just the way this is gonna go. But let's dive in. When is the last time you even took a look at your inquiry form? And I don't mean, when someone inquires and your CRM has the questions ahead of what they say that you skip over reading, you just read their answers. I mean, when is the last time you genuinely looked at your inquiry form like a prospective client and went, maybe I should audit this, maybe I should change this? I'm guessing it's been a hot minute. Or if it was recent, you're the type of person that updates it like every three days because you overthink it and you just want to make sure you get it right, but you don't don't know exactly what that looks like. In either case, I just want to say this. I have been teaching sales for a really long time, over a decade, and more specifically with creatives in the last like six years. And the inquiry form is by far one of the most overlooked, but yet most important parts of the equation. I mean, truly, it can make or break how successful you are at turning a lead into a client. And I know everybody likes to like give a lot of hype to the consult calls. And those are important too, don't get me wrong. Each part of the sales process carries its own weight. However, you can't even get them to a consult call if you're not setting yourself up for success in the inquiry form. So that's what we're talking about today. And I wanna go through this kind of rapid fire for you, but there are really three types of questions you should be asking in your inquiry form. And you can consider today as the audit to yours. So as you're listening through this, maybe have your inquiry form up or take some notes and then go and compare at the end to see how yours stacks up against these questions. Let's just dive right in. Okay, so the first type of question that you need to have on your inquiry form is contact, a contact question. This is so obvious, so I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it. All of us are already asking for at least a first name and email, right? That's like the standard. But one thing I've been noticing a lot more recently as different email providers change like their privacy settings is especially when emails sometimes come from a CRM, which I love CRMs. I still stand by CRMs. I think they're worth their weight in gold and worth some of the hassle that they do bring. But I have seen a lot of people mention lately that their emails to prospective clients are going to spam, which is obviously a huge problem. There was a girl in a Facebook group I was reading one day. She's a photographer and she was saying that she quantified this and ended up losing like $20,000 in potential clients based on her conversion rate, based on all of that, just because it went to their spam folder and she didn't realize it soon enough and they went with someone else. So let's not, let's not let you be that person. Okay. So here's some things we can do. Um, one, not on the topic of today, but follow up better. That's an aside. I'm not going further than that. Just like follow up better. If someone doesn't respond quickly, follow up, make sure they got your email. Uh, but two, Asking for an alternative way to contact them. So there's a couple options here. One, you could ask for their Instagram. So that way you could follow up via DM. This would work really well if you're working like B2B because obviously your ideal clients are probably on Instagram and they probably have a public profile. So it'll make it easier to DM them. You still kind of run the risk of getting lost in requests. This will be a little bit tougher if you work with a consumer, like a bride or something like that, where they might have a private profile and then you just, you have to add them and it's a whole thing. So might not be an option for everybody, but could be, in my case, it's a great option. Um, But the second thing that you could consider adding for contact info is a phone number. Wow. Yeah. Let's go back to that, right? But the funny thing is, is even though we all publicly had our phone numbers listed in a book available to everyone before, phone numbers have become this thing that are very guarded for us. And I think part of that is because with email spam and having to delete like 30 spam emails a day or unsubscribing from lists constantly – it's kind of got us more on guard, like, okay, my email inbox is one thing, but my phone is a whole different story. And so there's actually some stats that show people are less likely to fill out an inquiry form if their phone number or their address is required. And so one way you could go about this is just saying, hey, sometimes my email responses go to spam, depending on your email provider. If you're comfortable, please leave your phone number below and I'll just follow up to make sure you received it. You could go about it that way. Um, And I would still at that point not make it required. It's just giving them a quick explanation of why you're asking for it. You don't want to be spamming. You just want to make sure they get the information they requested. So that might be something to consider for your business. And again, I think because this one is so obvious, is like, yeah, you know how to collect contact information. It's pretty basic. I'm not going to go over any more of it, but that's just one quick note I wanted to make on it. So the second type of information we want to collect in that inquiry form is qualifying information. And when I say qualifying or when we are qualifying a lead, we are basically asking questions that will help you determine whether or not you can viably work with someone or you know, are they a good fit or are you a good fit for them? So for example, there's two things that usually apply to creatives when it comes to qualifying info. One would be deadline or uh, you know the event date, or it would be price. And if your prices, for instance, your packages start at $5,000 and your inquiry tells you that their budget is $2,000, they're not a great lead but if we don't find that out until the consult call now you've wasted their time and yours leaving a bad taste in their mouth and literally just like why (laughs) you're busy enough you don't need to do that so i would i would say if if your prices are not on your website or at least starting prices that might be a good place to start if you feel like you're getting a lot of unqualified leads Uh, but furthermore if you feel like a lot of people are skipping that and they're just like not seeing it or they're in a rush and they're inquiring and they're in, and they're just again not a good fit from a price standpoint. I would recommend adding an actual question in your inquiry form that says something like, "Hey, uh, or you know, I saw the starting packages on the experience page and I'm ready to chat more details yes or no and they have to like check the box and acknowledge it because then if they don't if they hadn't done that they'll go back to your experience page before inquiring so something like that could work there's other ways to phrase that question but that's just one quick example of a way to like vet that lead a little bit more Um, but again that other that other qualifying info we want to get is what is their deadline Um, you know, is it a quick turnaround? Do you even have time to get to it? When is their event date? Do you have it open? You need to ask these questions so that you are really kind of protecting your time management and all the things on your to-do list. And you're not wasting time on people that it's not even possible for you to work. I mean, if you're a wedding photographer and your date's already booked, you can only be in one place at one time unless you have associates. So knowing their date right out of the gate is super important, but it's the same thing with price. So I know a lot of you guys are really good at like vetting timelines, but vet the price too. So that's the second kind. The third kind of question we want to ask is connection questions. And this is where everybody drops the ball. And I shouldn't say everybody, but most people overlook this. They don't even consider it. And this is the one I want to spend just a little bit of time on with you today. I want to put things in perspective before I even dive in to how to ask these questions or what they could look like. Did you know that we are fed 4,000 to 10,000 ads per day? So, four thousand to ten thousand graphics, videos, whatever, photos, trying to sell us something every single day. Okay, first of all, if you're like me, you're probably thinking, "No way! No way! That can't, that cannot be right." And I hear you because I had the same reaction. But part of me wonders if we've just gotten that good at filtering out the noise. We can see an ad a mile away and we're just good at ignoring it and scrolling past it. And this is really important to bring up because when you have competitors, let's say that your ideal client reached out to you and four of your competitors and all four of those competitors send them an initial inquiry response that is automated which is fine, but it's automated. It is not personalized. It's like, hey, thanks so much for reaching out. Here's the next steps. And you send them an email that's like, hey, oh my gosh, I also love New Girl. Who's your favorite character? I'm a forever Nick Miller fangirl. Yes, but also can we talk about Schmidt's mispronunciations, right? Like imagine those just two different types of emails. First of all, your email is going to humanize you right? And it's going to show that you care about them as a person, that you paid attention to their details. People want to buy from people, okay? So we need to connect with them right out of the gates if we have any chance of converting them into a client. And so adding some sort of question that helps you make connections like that is going to be huge. They are generally open-ended. That's where it works best because we kind of allow them space to ramble about themselves and we can pick out pieces. But again, generally open-ended don't have to be, but should be questions that still make sense for your business. So for instance, if you're a photographer, but you're asking what their favorite TV show is, they may see that as an unvaluable question, right? Like it's not important. Why are they answering it? Why are they wasting their time on this? Now, some clients might think it's fun, but it needs to feel connected for them in some way but sneakily allows you to gather information. So for example, if you are a wedding photographer asking, how did you two meet? You know, uh, what is your idea of a favorite date night? Tells you a ton about their personalities, but still makes sense in the context of your business. Um, Something else, like if you're B2B, for me, I don't know why (laughs) I'm very type A, but I work really well with people who have adhd like some of my favorite clients will admit halfway through that they have adhd and i'm like that makes sense that makes sense because for some reason i think i balance their like racing mind and creativity with a lot of focus and like action planning and attention so something i could ask is you know what's your ideal work environment or you know when you're working what does it look like for you Uh, And I could do multiple choice if I wanted to, like I plan ahead and I knock out one task at a time. I juggle like three different projects while listening to my favorite podcast, you know, work. Oh man, got to set a timer if I have any hope of getting that done. It'll give me like insight into the way their brain works and I can kind of bring that up. Again, better to be an open-ended question so I can learn more about them, but you get the gist. You want to ask a question that gives you just a little bit of a peek into who they are and bonus points if you can think through who you loved working with in the past and what you connected on really well, and then create a question that allows you to draw that out of them to see if they might be a good fit. This doesn't mean that if someone doesn't respond to a question with all of your favorite things to do or your past clients' favorite things to do, that you can't work with them. It's just, again, at the bare minimum, going to give you material to then respond to that that initial inquiry by saying like oh my gosh I saw that you guys love breweries have you tried this one have you had this sour it was so good and you can just kind of again create that initial human connection so that's the last one but again Don't sleep on it. Don't sleep on this connection question because it is really a huge difference maker in how you're able to convert down the line from the initial email, in the consult call. You're really immediately building a sense of trust by doing this. So those are the questions. Now, here's the thing. I want you to take a minute to actually look at your inquiry form and see what questions you might be missing or where you could improve. And again, please do not put this on your to-do list for three months from now do it right now. It will take you less than 5 minutes and will be such a game changer for you. And if when you finish doing that, you're like, "You know what? I am ready to just keep going. I really would love to keep improving my conversions. I want to book more of my dream clients. I'm sick of wasting leads that come in because they ghost me or, you know, I'm out of their budget. I have two options for you. You can kind of choose your own adventure here. Number one is you can go download my sales tracker. It is less than a trip to Target and it will change the game for you. Here's what comes with this. It's a spreadsheet, a Google sheet that you enter your information of who inquired, what happened, did they do a consult call? Did they book? Where did they inquire from? All these different details that are really quickly just like drop down boxes. And on the second sheet, I have set it up so that it will auto-calculate some really important information for you like Where are your best lead sources? Like, do you book eight out of 10 people from Instagram, but only one out of 10 from Google? And, you know, what's your overall booking rate? What is your booking rate once you get them in a consult call? And it will give you this information that I include with an accompanying video that says, hey, here's where you are struggling in your sales process. and, And here are some ways that you might want to improve it. But again, really focusing on like, where is the breakdown in your booking process? So the sales tracker is option one. That's a really great way to get started to see where you might have issues with booking clients. The second option is um, if you're like, nope, I'm a no BS action taker. I just wanna dive in and get this done. I have a course that can teach you how to save time, book more ideal clients, and then wow them by creating an intentional client experience, including all of the email templates and writing those in a way that sound like you, but are also really efficient and effective and are designed to convert. Um, I will walk you through every step of that. And it talks about things like what we talked about today, but in more depth and applying it to your business. So if either of those sound interesting to you, check out the show notes. I think those are really, really amazing resources for anyone who's serious about increasing their conversions so they can actually work with more of the people they love. So check that out in the show notes. Um, Let me know if you have any questions, but I'm so excited for you. And seriously, get that inquiry form updated today. Cheers to better inquiry forms that lead to higher conversions.